Hello, Pick and Pop listeners. Um, today, I'm here with Ryan. It's Charles, of course. Today, we're going to be redrafting the 2019 draft. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Ryan will be doing odd numbers. I'll be doing even numbers. And, yeah. So, Ryan, you're up. And this is our first ever podcast, so yeah. make sure that you keep listening every time we make a new podcast. podcast. For sure. So, you're up, Ryan. Okay. So... We got the number one pick. All the picks stay the same. Um, so I'm guessing that a lot of people are going to take Zion Williamson, and I will be taking Zion Williamson, the first pick in the 2019 pick and pop redraft pool. Yep, I really understand that pick. You know, I, I understand why people would pick Jaw, but, you know, Zion was injured most of the season, so. There's no least, way you can't take yeah. Zion. So. And since I'm doing evens while we're at it, you know. John Morant's going to um, not have to buy a new house anywhere, and he'll keep himself in Memphis. So John Morant's going to go second overall to the Memphis Grizzlies. And with that, the Knicks are up with the third pick in the pick-and-pop redraft, and that is Ryan. So, yep. so uh, the Knicks with the interesting pick of R.J. Barrett last year, and I think a lot of people expected it. But I'm going to be a little ambitious. I'm not going to take R.J. Barrett. I'm going to take Kobe White. With the third pick. Third pick, Kobe in the White. NBA redraft. A little ambitious, but... Kobe White. Can I get some reasoning on that, Ryan? So, my reasoning, yes. Um, <laughs> Cody White. I mean, Kobe, Kobe White. Kobe White could be that player that transforms the Knicks. The Knicks. He's like a cultural player. He's got the weird hair. <laughs> Everything about him. Just screams New York basketball. No, not really. He's uh, he's a good point guard, and uh, I think he would fit well with the Knicks, especially with all um, all of those big guys that they brought in, uh, like Julius Randle and some of those guys. He also is probably a more intriguing trade um, asset than R.J. Barrett. Um, Kobe White had a stretch where he was hitting shots and knocking down shots, and I think if he was on a playoff team... Like the Miami Heat, I think we would have seen a similar performance to Tyler Hero. So. Yeah, um, I, I kind of questioned the pick when you first said Kobe White with the uh, third pick. Um, but I kind of understand it. He definitely is kind of limited. He was limited with Jim Boylan as yeah. his head coach. And so, even in limited minutes. I yeah, mean, even in limited... New uh, York, you could put any player in New York and, like, they need everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Guards, not as much, but, like, really anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you would compliment... Um, some of those big, bigger guys like Taj Gibson and Julius Randle. And plus him, um, he's on a Bulls team that isn't a very good de- uh, defensive team, so he's had to pick up some of the slack. But with guys like Neil Aquina um, and some of those other guys, actually no there's no other guys. Good, uh, but uh, Neil Aquina could take up more of the defensive role at the guard position, and Kobe White could really focus on scoring. Yeah. So, Ryan, with the fourth pick in the pick-and-pop draft, um... Me, I know people are expecting me to take Tyler Hero, but no, I'm going to go with R.J. Barrett with my uh, fourth pick. R.J. Barrett? And I'm going to go with R.J. Barrett for one simple reason. Listen oh, we're doing team fit, too, so we forgot to yeah, explain to yeah, But from now fit. on, we'll talk about team and fit. And the reason well. I didn't pick Tyler Hero, like best available kind of thing, um, so R.J. Barrett on the Hawks would be great. Because Trey Young, I mean, if he had an amazing shooting guard, like that team, that, that's a playoff contender. Uh, they might not go too far, but they're a 7-18. Um, I like R.J. Barrett, though, because he already has Kevin Herter and people that can shoot on his wing. 
and he's and Tra I'm talking about Trey Young, and he's a ball facilitator. So there's going to be people that uh, don't need the ball, and Tyler Hero needs. He's one of the he's one of the primary playmakers when Drogic was out. So um, seeing that Hero um, really performed when uh, Eric Spolstra decided to put the ball in his hands, and if Trey Young really wanted to control his ball, I don't think that uh, he would be a really good fit in Atlanta. But R.J. Barrett, cutting, catching lobs, um, even shooting, layups, middies, he's a good player. He was in a bad system in New York, and I think he would be a great addition to the Atlanta Hawks. And that's why I think R.J. Barrett would go forth. Yeah, I think another thing with him is, like, his uh, not having to dominate the ball because he was in such a horrible situation in New York, and he still is, where he has to be the number one option on offense pretty much every night. Yeah. And if R.J. Barrett's your number one option, you're not going to be doing well. But if he would go to a team like the Hawks, he could play more off-ball. Yeah, and even then, he's used to it. You know, he was at Duke with Zion and Cameron Rich. Yes. So I think that I think that him being on the Hawks where he's not the main ball handler would be great for him, and I don't think Tyler Hero would do as well as people would think. So you're up with the fifth pick in the pick-and-pop redraft with the Cavs. So, with the fifth pick, obviously this is very uh, off the top of our heads. We did not prepare this draft, so it's just based on what one another says. So it might take us a little bit to think of each person we want to take next. Um, but for the Cleveland Cavaliers, I think it's interesting uh, that they took Darius Garland. I would not have taken Darius Garland um, if I were the Cavs last year. And in the redraft... Um, as we're looking here, I think I'm going to take Brandon Clark. Um, just because he's uh, he, he's definitely not the best player on the board. But when you look at it, with the Cavs have Colin Sexton, uh, I don't know how they would do with those two young guards playing right next to each other. Um, and obviously Kevin Love is on the trade block. So I think Brandon Clark and Colin Sexton could have a nice little young duo, um, and Brandon Clark is also a very athletic player, he can stretch the floor and play the, uh, the five position, so. Yeah, that's a good pick. And, uh, for this, uh, I have the Timberwolves with the six pick, and I'm gonna view this like they don't have D'Lo yet, or they're not about to take Anthony Edwards, if you know what I mean, like, uh, if I was the GM of yeah, the Minnesota yeah. Timberwolves. at the time. At the time. Mm -hmm. Who am I taking, and I'm gonna take, with the talent of them now, of course. I'm gonna take Tyler Hero. Um, right now, they have Anthony Edwards, who they're, they're probably going to take, and they have D'Angelo Russell, so they don't really need a guard. But in this point in time, they needed a guard, really. They really needed a guard. And Tyler Hero, on that uh, Timberwolves team without D'Angelo Russell, could really facilitate the ball, hold it in his hands, take those open shots. And I think that uh, Ryan Saunders is their coach, right? I think that yeah. he would really let him take those shots. Cat uh, wouldn't be mad. Even then, he can pass it out shoot to a big. And I think that would be to shoot or even to drive. And I think that would be a great pick for Minnesota uh, in Tyler Hero. Yeah, I think maybe they would need a, more of a defensive-minded player. But uh, like you said, but Tyler even, Hero is such a good offensive player, it's hard to not take him. Yeah, and even if uh, even if the uh, – but I don't think if they have D'Angelo Russell at this point in time or uh, they're about to take Anthony Edwards, I don't think they take Hero. But I think that, yeah, best player available kind of thing. You're up seven with the Bulls. Alright, so with the Chicago Bulls, Chicago, Chicago Bulls are in a very interesting situation. Um, obviously, at this time, they still were being coached by Jim Boylan, which was, we'll say at the least, not a great coach. Um, so I think with what I'm given right now, 
we've still got some talent on the board. I'm going to take Rui Hachimura, um, who showed he could be a good two-way player. Um, he's not the best um, shooter just yet, but I think he can develop into a good shooter, and especially with they already have Zach Levine, they've got some other guards, um, and they probably need to build on the uh, power forward, small forward position, because it looks like they're trying to move Lowry Markkinen because he underperformed last year. Yeah, I like that pick. And with I have the eighth pick, uh, the Pelicans, I might get uh, some hate for this pick. Ryan, you might not understand me, but from a Pelican standpoint, they just drafted Zion in this draft. Um, he's He was kind of uh, uh, on the more of a bust side in his rookie season, but in this system, I think he'd do better. Um, and I'm going to go with Jared Culver, just because uh, the backcourt of New Orleans Pelicans is Lonzo Ball and J.J. Reddick. At this Holiday. Well, oh, yeah, Drew Holiday. But when Holiday is not on the court, I think they could bring Culver off the bench. And uh, Holiday's getting old. He's like 33. Yeah, and so. it brings the same thing. That's like, Lonzo Ball sucks at defense. He's terrible at it. So you put Lonzo Ball next to Jared Culver, who is, in my opinion, um, the best or in the top three best perimeter defenders in this draft. Um, when Drew Holiday's on the bench or if Drew Holiday isn't on the team in a couple of years, I think that would just be fantastic for New Orleans. Um, not the best pick if he performs the same way that he did in Minnesota, but I think in this system um, he'd do pretty well playing defense, not getting the ball too much because he won't be relied on with uh, the Pelicans' young core. But other than that, I think that he would be a great fit, and that's why I went with Culver. Yeah, I think he would do a lot better on a team that he, he's not. He doesn't need to have the ball in his hands because even his defense declined in his first year because he was – being used so much offensively, um, with Cat uh, uh, being out a lot of the year and before the D'Angelo Russell trade, and there was a big mess in Minnesota. So yeah. Uh, so Europe with the ninth pick, and uh, yeah, so Europe with the ninth pick. So we got the Wizards, uh, number nine. The Wizards will be taking. I'm gonna take DeAndre Hunter. That's a good pick. That's why we um, picked. I, I think DeAndre Hunter probably slipped for both of us. I think we probably forget how good he is on the defensive end. Um, and I bet you if he went to a team like the Wizards where he uh, needed to perform on the offensive end every night, I bet you we'd be thinking of him differently. Um, but since he doesn't need to perform, obviously one of the best offensive players in the league is Trey Young, and that's who he's playing with. So he doesn't need to worry about offense too much. And he was picked so high that many had high expectations for him. But I think he would do good with the Wizards. Um a team that kind of lacks um, any depth at all. So anyone, any uh, defensive-minded perimeter player would be good for the Wizards, especially with John Wall and Bradley Beal's huge contracts. Okay, I like that pick. Um, tenth pick, I got the Hawks again. And uh, I took R.J. Barrett in the uh, fourth slot from the Hawks. Usually, in this situation in my mind, I would go Eric Pascal. But listen... The Hawks don't really need him. At this time, they don't have Capella, though. So, wait, so they don't have Capella. Yeah, we're doing Actually, no Capella. Yeah, I'm going to go with, yeah, Eric Pascal. I was going to take Darius Garland, um, but they don't have Capella here. I think John Collins, he's a small guy. I think he's like 6'9 to 6'11 in that range. They push him to center. They're running a whole Rockets kind of thing. And really, shoot I don't think that would be that. Yeah. Because they have, at this point, they have Trey Young, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett can shoot a little bit, and R.J. Barrett and John Collins could kind of be like a duo. So right here, and then Eric Pascal can run our power forward, and we have a really 
Good job, Tebow. So Young I'm gonna take, team. Yeah, so Very I'm going to take Eric Pascal with the 10th pick. Um, and remember, there's no DeAndre yeah. Hunter, so. So, the spot opens yeah. up kind of thing. But Eric they Pascal give up RJ so, uh, Pascal will play my power forward position. Pascal and Hunter are very similar players. Yeah, and I think Eric Pascal really thrived when the lights were on him in Golden State. Curry was out, and it's like the Golden State Warriors obviously have the second pick because Curry was out. And he played so well under those lights. I feel like he could do the same thing in a limited role. First team over. Yeah, he could get, he could get like, the same kind of, he wouldn't get the same attention, but he could perform in the same skill set. He may be somebody that performs well under well under pressure or under the big lights. And I think Atlanta would really do that to him. So that's why I'm going to take Eric Pascal. And that's no shade to Darius Garland. I think he's probably going to go um, really soon in this draft. Yeah, I think uh, Eric Pascal could be like their sixth man, like probably the best bench player other than No, I think, I think I would start him on the, I think I would start him, I think it would go in this situation, uh, Trey Young, shooting guard. I'm talking about for the Warriors. This oh, year. for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. So he could probably be a guy that makes them a really cool. deep team. So you're up for the Suns? Uh, so with the Suns, they had Rubio at this time, right? Um, uh, I think so. Yeah, so they have Rubio, they got Booker. So they're, they're a pretty good team. Um, I think I'm probably going to take... Oh. Cam Reddish. Okay. Um, because the Suns... We're a, uh, a, good, a good team, obviously, the 8-0 in the bubble. Um, but they did lack some shooting, especially when Kelly Oubre and Aaron Baines were out. Um, with DeAndre Ayton still developing as a jump shooter, Ricky Rubio has never been the best shooter. Um, and obviously Booker is one of the best shooters in the league. But having a shooter, a pure shooter like Cam Reddish, even though his defense and his decision-making hasn't been as good as people expected, I think uh, he would make an impact for the Suns team, and I think he goes a little overlooked because of what he does for you, and he definitely came into a team where he didn't have a huge role on that team, especially since they were one of the worst teams in the league record-wise. So by the time he was starting to show what he could do, the Hawks were out of playoff contention. So Yeah, so I'm up with the 12th pick, Charlotte Hornets. And at this time, they have Kimball Walker, uh, correct? No. They, oh, no. They do yeah, have they Kemba do. Walker. They do have Kemba okay. Walker. Okay, so at this time, Kemba Walker is a member of the Charlotte Hornets. We're in number 15. And for me, this is, Devontae Graham is still on this team, remember. So, it's, you know how they have a clogged black backcourt right now with Rozier and, uh, uh, what's his face? Graham. Devontae Graham. Um, so it's going to be the same thing, but Kemba's just... Well, they wouldn't have had better. Rozier. Then, yeah. yeah, it's like flipping them, because that's what the trade was. Um, and... So, I, that's why I'm not going to take Darius Garland. Uh, Darius Garland might go to the Heat, might go to the Celtics. I don't know who are the next picks in this draft, but I think he would just clog the court. Um, so, he's out of contention with this pick. And then, P.J. Washington, I think he played amazing in his rookie season, but I think there's one player that they really need, and his name is Jackson Hayes. Jackson Hayes um, played really well at Texas, and even on the Pelicans, when he his limited minutes, because, you know, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't really, like, centered when they have... Zion Williamson. So I think if they put him on the Hornets, who have been terrible at drafting centers, clearly they have Cody Zeller starting right now. They start Jackson Hayes, develop him well, and I think that in the future, he can be a great caliber starting center. Maybe not an all-star, but I think he would be a uh, very good center if they developed him well. I agree. Jackson Hayes, very underrated rookie. Here up with the Heat. Didn't get as much of an opportunity as he probably should have. 
Oh, number 13 for the Heat. Um, very well-rounded team the Heat are. So this is obviously they don't have Hero. Um, and they probably slide Jimmy Butler into that two-guard spot and uh, are missing something at small forward. I think for the Heat, I'm going to take P.J. Washington. Um, I think P.J. Washington was very underrated this year. Uh, he had a great year at Kentucky, great couple years at Kentucky. Uh, led them to the NCAA tournament. I think they got to like the third round. Um, but obviously, with uh, uh, he was playing for such a bad team in uh, the Charlotte Hornets. But he is a very good shooter, and he can put bodies on people um, and defend some of the big guys in the Eastern Conference. Um, especially when he has Bam on his team. Uh, Bam's still developing a jump shot, so if P.J. Washington plays that power forward role, he could um, be very good, especially as a good rebounder. Yeah. Okay, for me up with the Celtics, I really thought that you were going to take Darius Garland there for the Heat, uh, but then I thought Dragic. Well, I got none and Dragic well, yeah. Robinson. So, yeah, and then with the Celtics, for what I'm picking right now, they don't need uh, Darius Garland. So he's really going to slide in this draft, and we I honestly don't know where he's going to go because most teams have, like, they steady the point guard position and the center position. The one and the five are the most, like, heavily guarded kind of positions. So um, as minor Celtics fan, of course, but the Celtics, I feel like they take risky picks, especially with the 14th pick. I think they're going to take a project. I think um, I think that this player is going to be Seku Dumbia. Um, he hasn't played amazing with the Pistons. He played good, obviously, but he's on the Pistons. So I think if uh, the Celtics took Sekudumbia, um and played him off the bench and let him develop under, you know, possibly one of the best coaches in the league, and Gordon Hayward could be like his mentor. Gordon Hayward's getting on the older side kind of thing. But this would be a really young team, and if Seku developed great for the Celtics, I think that would be their championship contender if they aren't right now. Um, I don't know if you like that pick or not. Yeah, I think uh, if I were you, I'd probably take a big man, um, just because they have no big men. Yeah, I think Dubia, you could... Uh, yeah, you could definitely slide in the four or five position, especially yeah, when the Celtics took play so small. Yeah. Um, so we're starting to lose uh, high-quality guys on the board. Um, You're on the Pistons. But the Pistons, they, they have Rose at this time. They just picked him up, I think. Uh, they got Luke Kennard. Um... They still got Drummond, Blake Griffin, and those contracts, which they obviously end up trading Andre Drummond away. But if I'm the Pistons, I mean, I'm going with the best player left on the board, Garland. And no, I do not think any any of the five players that just went before Garland are better than him, but it's just situation. Yeah, the fit. The fit. Um, and I think they could probably develop him. They're going in, the, in a direction where they probably want to Build around their younger guys, Luke Kennard, uh, Christian Wood, and if, uh, Dion Boy, yeah. and uh, Garland. Well, they won't that. have uh, Psycho Dumia. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but I think if the Pistons want to deal off Derrick Rose to get him, he's definitely going to demand a trade anytime soon to get him in a winning position. So I think that would be great for them if they have Garland as a backup, as like a net. You know? I'm up 16 with the Magic. Um, we don't have a lot, there's not a lot of great guys left, if you know what I mean. So, the Magic. Let's see who we're picking. Okay, what does the Magic mean? That's the thing. So, they have Nikola Vucevic, and they have Jonathan Isaac as a power forward kind of thing. Gordon. As well as Aaron Gordon, of course. And then their guards, uh, Markel Fultz, is he on the team at this point? Uh, 
Fultz. Yes, yes. Okay, so um, I think Fournier. I think they're gonna give up on Aaron Gordon pretty soon if he keeps getting injured, and I think that they're gonna um, slide in somebody, and his name will be Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. fell really late in the real draft, and he fell kind of to 16, which is like half of what he was. Yeah, I kind of forgot draft. about him. Yeah, but I think he'd be a good fit on the Magic, especially uh, if Isaac continues like his injury spree, which um, I'm obviously not hoping for, but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, really so. uh, but yeah, and if they give up on Aaron Gordon, the Magic are an injury-ridden team, and I think Kim Ford Jr. would slide in and play some really good basketball for Orlando. So you're up uh, with Brooklyn, 17. With Brooklyn. Free Kyrie and KD, but we know they're going to get him. Yeah, this is one so we you, knew that they were going to so get, So you can though. use them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say they have Kyrie, KD, and DeAndre. And they still got LaVert and all those guys. Um, I think I'm going to go with Cam Johnson. Just because he's a... Kind of a risk. He's a good defender. Um, and didn't have a great year shooting the basketball. But in the bubble, he did play really well. Um, and proved that he could be a 3 and D player. And... I mean, the Nets don't need much when it comes to young players. They got Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, Lavert, and they got all these guys that they can rely on. Joe Harris, all these guys that they can rely on um, to grow and develop. So I don't know how much they really need. Um, every position they pretty ha much have covered. Um, so Cam Johnson could be like a seventh or eighth man on this team. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm up on the Pacers with the 18th pick, and the Pacers have two good bigs. Right now, I'm looking at Daniel Gafford, but then again, two good bigs. Like I said, Miles Turner, Sabonis. And Victor Oladipo right now is still injured, so taking a guard wouldn't be crazy. And that's why I'm going to take a guard, and his name is Matisse Thibel, the king of vlogs. I think that the Pacers, um, at least their guards, struggle on defense. And you put Matisse Thibel in there, who's, again, top three defender in this draft. Perimeter defender, at least. Probably best defender in this draft. Yeah. That I think later. that he'll. I think that he'll thrive in Indiana. I think that uh, um, they'll use him well on defense, and even then, he's a good offensive player. It's not like he's a bad player. So I'm gonna go with Matisse Thybulle. There's not a lot of great players um, out there, but if any team, there's a lot of good bigs. Um, we'll see though. So I, I think that's why I'm gonna go Matisse Thybulle. Kind of best player available, you know. Don't so need him. So goes to the Pacers. It was an interesting pick that they picked. Uh, Bataze, or however you pronounce his Boba name. Badazzi. Yeah, just because of uh, the, um, the two of bigs that they yeah. have. Europe, San Antonio. San Antonio Spurs, one of the weirdest teams in the league uh, when it comes to situation. Um, they uh, still got DeRozan and Aldridge um, and Murray. Um, but looking down what's available... I think I've got to take Nasir Little. Good pick, good pick. Um, Nasir Little definitely underperformed, um, but also he's playing on a loaded, a loaded, loaded Blazers team, one through eight. Uh, he was like the ninth man on that team. He's kind of. And I when you're playing back up to Hassan Whiteside, Yusuf Nurkic, and Zach Collins, you're probably not going to get too many minutes. So, I, I bet in this in the in uh, in, a, in a good coaching situation, which he wasn't with. Uh, yeah, he was in a good situation, but in a, in a situation where he's playing um, and the Spurs are heading in more of a rebuild kind of direction, I think he'd be good a good player to lead that rebuild, definitely. Sure. Okay. Um, I got the 76ers with the 20th pick, and are we doing 30 picks or 60? I think I'm going to go with 30. Yeah, that's 
with the 20th pick. For being honest, I don't know everyone else that's available. Yeah. Uh, with the 20th pick, the Philadelphia, the Philadelphia 76ers, the pick and pop redraft, they are going to take um, a player that I think they're going to need. Um, do they have Al Horford? Well, we know they're going to sign Al Horford. Yeah, Al we Horford know is getting old. Sign Al Horford, and we know um, they're letting go they of Jimmy Butler. And they have line. Tobias Harris. So, right now, I think they're looking for more of a wing player or kind of like a like shorty, shooting guard to power forward. Shooting guard, small forward, power forward. They would totally be happy if they got a good one. Um, so that's why um, me, personally, I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Poole. Jordan um, Poole, that's a good pick. Very uh, underrated. Jordan Poole played really well on the Warriors. Um, I think he was really underrated in that kind of, you know, just throw the young guys out there and see how they perform. He played really well. And I think that in the 76ers organization, um, they throw him in a shooting guard next to Ben Simmons. He can shoot the ball, and Ben Simmons clearly cannot. Uh, so pass that out to uh, Jordan Poole, drain a couple threes, you know, take the midi. I think they trust. I think they trust him like the Warriors did to just throw the young guys Very out athletic. there. And after Poole performed, he's gonna get minutes. Um, um, Curry pretty much is gonna run that team. Him and Kerr, uh, dynamic duo. So uh, if Curry and Kerr um, think together that uh, Jordan Poole is a great player then I think that the 76ers could think he's a great player. You yeah, know? this is going to be the deepest Warriors team we've ever seen with all the young guys they've got coming off and the bench. And if they're picking Wiseman, yeah. you're up uh, Memphis. It's going to be scary. All right, number 21 with the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I will be taking... Well, Keldon Johnson. That's what I was going to take, Nick. Keldon Johnson... Uh, was was uh, had a very good Kentucky career, um, played very well. I think he was a one and done type of player, um, but he played very well and he's a very um, versatile player. Can play the one, two, or the three. Um, still not a great shooter um, and probably could improve on defense. But I think overall he would be a good pick, especially for this Grizzlies team um, with the amazing guard play of um, John Morant and. Uh, not a great defensive team because um, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Valanciunas don't play as much defense as they probably could with their size and length. Yeah, and, and Kelly Johnson can fill that role. Right, and obviously John Morant doesn't need to worry about defense. So yeah. I like that pick a lot. Um, but 22, I have the Celtics again. So I'm going to go with uh, Daniel Gafford because you were saying that they really need a big. And even off the bench, or if they want to start him on the or Tice, um, uh, I'm going to go with Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford played great on the Bulls. Again, limited by Jim Boylan. We saw that with Kobe White, and we saw we're going to see it again with Gafford. Um, I Definitely was th- could develop. Shoot, shoot. I was thinking about Grant Williams, who is currently on the Celtics. But, you know, got to switch it up. And I think Gafford's a way better player than Grant Williams is. Um, I would know. <laughs> I, I like Daniel Gafford a lot. I think Jim Boylan really hurt his development. And I think you put any player in Boston, and they'll, they'll succeed. So that's why I'm going to go with Daniel Gafford for the 22nd pick in the Boston Celtics. You're up 23 with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so obviously the Oklahoma City Thunder, they have a lot of good um, guards, obviously with Shea, Schroeder, uh, and CP3, but it seems that they're looking to move either Schroeder or CP3 this offseason. Um, this is obviously before the Russell Westbrook trade. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with Ty Jerome, because okay. um, he he can he could fill that guard role. Um, he can also play the three, the two or the three off ball. Um, obviously, 
played great at Virginia, winning the national championship. Um, so, very good player. Yeah. I'm up with Showed this. out in the bubble as well, so he, we, we saw what he could do. I think he actually, yeah, he, got, the he got the, today. yeah, he was picked by the Suns in the next pick, so. So, I got the 24th pick, who I am going to take with this. And I was thinking about taking Bull Bull, but I don't think I'm going to take Bull Bull. I think I'm going to take Grant Williams. Um, just for the fact that uh, they obviously have DeAndre Eaton, and they could throw him at power forward position, or even come off the bench and kind of develop well. And the Suns could do that for him. They, you obviously see what they did for Devin Booker, and Eaton's a great player. So I think throw Grant Williams in there. Obviously, he's not an MVP candidate or even a bench All Star, but he would just be a nice addition. Yeah, I think he does a lot more for you, uh, for your team than the, what the stats see. show. Yeah, yeah, especially with some. Came up with some huge uh, rebounds in that Toronto Raptors series this year. So, so I think he could be a, like a Marcus Smart, intangibles kind of guy. So you're up 25. All right, 25. So we still got... Five picks, and then our... Yeah, then we got our redraft superlatives. Um, so what do we have? The Blazers. Trailblazers, like I said before, a very, very deep team. Um, so I, I think I'm just going to go with... There's no, there's no gaps that the uh, uh, Blazers need to fill. And I think I'm just going to go with one of the best players available, and it's Carson Edwards. Okay. Um, if I were uh, you, I would have taken Romeo Langford, but that's, yeah. I, get, I will get a lot more out of Edwards than I would out of Langford. <laughs> yeah, I knew that you weren't going to take him because, you know, history. But, yeah, I like that pick. Yeah, he's a good scorer, and obviously he'd be like the ninth or eighth man. Uh, they have already got some nice guards off the bench, uh, Anthony Simmons and... Yeah. and he's not a he's not a bad he's not a bad defensive player. He may be short, but you know. No, he he's a very good Steelers. defensive player. Steals, not Steelers. Okay, twenty six. Five and zero. Cleveland. Um, I'm gonna take the easy way out, and I'm gonna go for Emil Lankford. He played awful, and I mean awful for the uh, Celtics this year. But he's well, good. he didn't really play that much, but when he was on the floor, you could tell that he didn't belong. Um, Romeo Lankford, great defensively. And I think a big thing that the Cavs need is defense. Colin Sexton is okay to, in the bad to okay range. And I think Lankford and Sexton at the same time would kind of give you a good burst of offense and then back on the floor to guard a uh, to guard another point guard. So, yeah, that's why I got Romeo Lankford going yeah. to Cleveland. It was just frustrating. Drafted a guy just to – he barely played. Uh, he had a million LA. injuries. You're up, Clippers. Okay, 27 for the Clippers. I mean, one of the be best teams in the NBA. Uh, this is obviously before they choke the 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. Yep. Um, but the Clippers, um, I think a very underrated player from the draft, Darius Baisley. I agree. Um, plays for the Oklahoma City Thunder, probably the drippiest player out there. Small forward, right? Small forward. Yeah, he actually he uh, played a lot better in the bubble than he did in in his rookie year, because uh, the bubble kind of is, is, is a different different thing, um, different in my opinion. environment. Yeah, so he played a lot better in the bubble, um, and he obviously showed that he's been working on his game. Obviously, his jump shot needs to improve, but he's a very athletic player. Not someone you would want to build around, but for the for the Clippers, um, it, they're not short on talent, so this would just be uh, more of a, yeah, he needs to improve on defense as well. But this is, this is someone that... Uh, This is uh, someone that, uh, yeah, yeah, 
pick. He fits well with the uh, Thunder, and I wouldn't see why he wouldn't fit well with the Clippers. 28, Warriors, Bull Bull, right there. Just throwing people on there. Warriors are a really good team. Add Bull Bull, they become even better. He can even start a center for them. Obviously, people didn't draft him because of his injuries, and he didn't really go here because, you know, he's kind of up and down. One good bubble game, and he got a Opal card in 2K. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go bubble, just adding to a team that is insane. So, you're up 29, the San Antonio Spurs, baby. Spurs, I'm taking Bruno Fernando. <sighs> That's what I was going to take. Maryland standout, baby. Bruno Fernando. He's a great player. He uh, can't shoot at all, but uh, he's, a, he's a good low post presence. Um, can catch lobs. Uh, the Spurs don't even know what they are anymore, I don't think. Um, they're very short on bigs, obviously, once they trade LaMarcus Aldridge. And I wouldn't consider Aldridge a big because he's more of a um, more of a shooting forward kind of thing. Yeah. That just is a little tall. Um, so he's not going to go banging around. And I think Bruno Fernando would be able to uh, run with some of the big men in, in the West, like Jokic and AD, um, on, on the defensive end. Okay, and with the last pick in the pick and pop uh, redraft, well, the first round, but this is all we're doing. I was debating between Luka Salmanich and Alan Smoljak. Um, and Alan, I'm just gonna call him Alan. He's on the Warriors. Um, I played a bunch of 2K with him. He's okay. Um, obviously, 2K doesn't really compare, but this is the last pick of the See thing. The, the Miss Donkey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm gonna go with Alan Smoljak or whatever the heck. So yeah, sure, why not? And, uh, yeah, so we're moving on to our... I'm surprised that, uh, Admiral Schofield didn't get drafted. Yeah, I'm surprised that I didn't take Mayuni, even though I was very, uh, urged to. Okay, superlatives, let's do this, Ryan. Alright, uh, we have our own superlatives that we wrote out ourselves. Wrote out ourselves. Yep. And, uh, we'll be just going off of each other, just talking. Yeah, so, uh, first one, biggest bust, uh, for me, I, I thought it was unfair to, uh, Great, any of these people as a bust, no, seeing that we've only uh, seen them for one year. But Ryan has a different story. Yeah, there's zero questions for me. It's Romeo Linkford. <laughs> uh, played, uh, I will admit he didn't play as much as he probably should have. He didn't get the opportunity he probably should have. But he got drafted to a championship contending team and uh, someone who couldn't shoot the ball and got injured every time he stepped on the court. Um, very good defender, though, but I think... There's no real busts, um, and he's the closest one. So he's he was back in the he was drafted in the back end of the lottery, the last pick of the lottery. So there were no real busts, and obviously that might change over time. You might see people soon calling uh, R.J. Barrett or um, DeAndre Hunter a bust, but right now it's Romeo Langford because there's not too many busts right now from here or obvious busts. Yeah, uh, biggest steal. I went Eric Pascal. He went really late, um, and he got used with the Warriors system that would like throw young guys out there and see how they perform and he played amazing first team all rookie uh, he's in my opinion definitely the biggest deal in the draft I had Hero at first but Hero winning the, he went in the lottery it's not really a big steal yeah uh, Eric he, there were some the questions round. about him in, so, going into the draft yeah. so You're up. Not, I wasn't surprised when he slipped so uh, he almost dropped the bobo by the way we're cheering for that I think they did and they traded him to the Nuggets but you're up yeah I mean the 13th Biggest steal. Biggest steal. Kevin Porter Jr. Good pick. Very good player. Um, uh, he's an okay shooter. Um, amazing definitely driving. Could, amazing driver. Um, definitely a young piece for the Cavs. The Cavs have something to smile about there. Um, and it was a good steal, especially him going in the last pick of the first round. I think his USC highlights, you could watch a highlight reel of him and be like, how is he not the number one pick? Um, 
but he was he's very good, very athletic player, but a streaky player. But I I, I think he's the biggest steal in the draft. Okay, next up we got the best player in the draft. Ryan on three, we'll say it. Three, two, one. John ja Morant. Uh, that's obvious. He won Rookie of the Year, played amazing for the Grizzlies. Best player in the draft at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, of course. And I think that Zion Williamson could have had that if he didn't get injured, because uh, he played great in the time that he was, you know, active. Um, so, uh, Ryan, you can start for the most overrated player if you want. Most overrated player? I will say, uh, it was uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, and they, there's not a lot of overrated players in this draft, because a lot of the guys that went in the top, uh, performed. Formed and um, some of the guys that went in the top aren't really talked about. DeAndre Hunter, uh, the Jarrett Culvers, Jackson Hayes. Kobe White, like all those guys. So th- those are the guys you usually expect to be more overrated, um, but they were actually more underrated. And Zion, um, just a little overrated, um, just because we haven't really seen what he's able to do, and we ha- really haven't seen him fully healthy yet. So we can't really. Um, call him a, uh, a top player yet. Uh, yeah, my most overrated player was Bubble. I mean, he was kind of injured, he didn't play a lot for the Nuggets, and then he gets a couple good Bubble games, and everybody thinks he's the best player in the world, so yeah, he's my most overrated player. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's really it's really hard to pick an overrated player one one season in, because obviously they're both injured, yeah. but yeah. Uh, underrated, you can start. Underrated. Brandon Clark, and I think Charles has Brandon Clark as well. I do indeed. Uh, Grizzlies have a bright future with this kid. Uh, they've got the kind of two power forward. They can put Clark at the small ball center with Jaron Jackson Jr. kind of playing two power forwards, but uh, two power forwards at once. Um, but Brandon Clark's very good, very athletic, can catch lobs, especially with John Moran in the high pick and roll. Um, nice. So I think he's very, very underrated. I think Ryan summed it up great. Future Hall of Famers from the draft. I got Zion and Whoa, I thought you were just going to say Clark was a future Hall of Famer. No, no, no. Future Hall of Famer from this. I think, uh, again, I think Ryan summed that up great. Future Hall of Famers from the draft. I have Zion and John Morant. Uh, We obviously, this is is so early to tell whether either of these guys are going to be in the Hall of Fame. Because Zion Williamson could tear his ACL next season. So could John Morant, you know. It's a fast-moving game, and you can't really predict everything. So, but right now, most likely, Zion and Jaw, and I think you have the same answer. Yes, Zion and Jaw, you said exactly. That's um, exactly so, right. you can start off with the uh, most successful team from the Most draft. successful team, I'll say the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, they obviously, anyone who gets Zion Williamson is successful. Uh, they also got Jackson Hayes, someone who went undrafted in our redraft. Who, no? Keel Alexander Walker. Yeah, didn't go in the first round, but... And you took Alan Okay, 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 okay. I just, I I just think we chose forgot somebody. About him. It was the last pick in the drive. I think we forgot about him, yeah. if we're being honest. Yeah, and so all three of those guys, obviously they got a great future with uh, Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, J.J. Redick, all these guys. Um, and you got to list out the whole roster there, Ryan. Yeah. Derek <laughs> Favors, Charles' favorite player <laughs> of all time. Incorrect. Most successful team from the draft for me is the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they got John Moran, of course, Brandon Clark. And they drafted phenomenally. I don't think anybody else could predict they how They traded for Smolagic as well. No, Smolagic is on the Warriors. No, no, the other Smolagic. Oh, Al. Luca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think that their general, man- general manager did fantastic in drafting, and that's why they're my most successful team. Nobody could have predicted how good Brandon Clark is. Brandon Clark is they also got a little bit lucky yeah. with that number two pick. But 
John Moran. Uh, of course. So did the Pelicans with their number one pick. And they also got, got some uh, draft picks from the Mike Conley trade. Yeah, from the and Jazz. And from the uh, Marcus Hall trade as well. So. so they had a lot of this. Um, least successful team I'll start off. I got the uh, Atlanta Hawks. DeAndre Hunter didn't perform amazing his first season. Obviously, not pick four caliber. Um, uh, he's a great player, though. You know, I'm not throwing any shade to him. Cameron Reddish, again, didn't play very well. But uh, they'll both develop, and this is after one season. So all of, all of these could change. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, fast at the, at the moment. Yeah, so you're up with your I'm going with the Cavs. Uh, a, to- a team that gets a top five pick. Obviously, Kevin Porter Jr. is great. But I think they definitely did not do well with the opportunity that was given. Um, with the number five pick, I think a lot of people overrated Darius Garland. Don't get me wrong, he's a very good player, but he only played a couple games. I think it was like five games at Vanderbilt and then got injured, and uh, I think people overrated him a little bit. Um, and with that opportunity, I think that uh, they definitely failed. But there's not too many teams that really failed this draft because there's a lot of great players in the in the uh, draft pool. Yeah. Yeah, and that leads me to my worst player situation for the draft, and that's Darius Garland. He got put in a situation where he was not the ball-dominant uh, guard. Colin Sexton, obviously, is the better player, so they're going to give it to Colin Sexton more. Colin Sexton is really tall, but he refuses to play a forward position or even a shooting guard just to let Darius Garland like be free and facilitate. So, uh, don't know why the Cavs drafted him. They didn't really need him unless they thought Sexton would uh, be uh, open to moving, which he obviously isn't. Uh, so, I think that... Garland kind of got screwed over. I don't know if he wanted to go to the Cavs, but yeah. Fifth yeah, pick. I, I feel like he would have been an okay player on any other team, but he just got put in a terrible system. Yep, yep, yep. And you're up. Worst player situation for the draft, uh, I don't know how you didn't say R.J. Barrett. Uh, any other team R.J. Barrett goes to, he's uh, thought of differently. R.J. Barrett's considered by many as a bust already. Uh, but R.J. Barrett is one of the top seven players from the draft. I think Charles would agree. Yeah, definitely. I Maybe one of the top five. Yeah, def- top, top, five. Top, five. top five. Top five, yeah. Top five. For sure. So, he just got put in a horrible situation. Anyone going to the Knicks, coached by David Fisdale, um, on a huge contract, and uh, 50 million power forwards uh, that are 35 years old, um, and James Dolan as your owner. So, that that's never a good thing to go into. That'll lead us to our best player uh, situation from the draft. Again, Ryan on three. One, two, three. Hero. Tyler Hero. Um, obviously, he got put in a position where work hard or get out kind of thing. Jimmy Butler came in there, and Jimmy Butler started on the Bulls, got traded because he cared too much, uh, got traded off the Timberwolves because Cat didn't want to work out with him. The Timberwolves didn't want to work with him. Same thing with the Sixers. They weren't open to working as hard as Jimmy Butler could. He was open. He was taken in by the Heat, and all these players were um, totally, like, in sync with him and how they worked out. And I think Hero definitely uh, had positive kind of uh, repercussions from uh, – being on that team. Yeah, he, yeah. Because he developed insanely, and as we know, the Heat had just lost the uh, NBA Finals, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you give me uh, someone like Kobe White or R.J. Barrett on that Heat team, and, and they probably do the yeah. same thing. So, I think Tyler Hero's been a little bit overrated after his playoff run. Um, obviously, a very good playoff run, but I think him not having to feel as much pressure... If he would have gone to a team like the Cleveland Cavaliers or like the Charlotte Hornets, he definitely would have felt a lot more pressure and he would not have performed as well as he could have Maybe. because he performs when the lights are on the brightest, and that is not the case in Charlotte. Okay, most likely MVP. I mean Zion Williamson. We obviously can't really elaborate on this. It's Zion Williamson. 
we don't really know. It's been one, uh, it's been one year, so let's move on. But you know, this is kind of an unfair one. We just gave it to Zion because I feel like if he was healthy, definitely rookie of the year, yeah. possibly an All Star. I don't think there's too many. I think there's one or two. It's John. Zion that are MVP caliber players. I don't think Hero will ever develop into that. But he I could don't definitely think... be a good all-star. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think ever top three MVP caliber yeah. player. Okay. Best offensive player, I have John Morant. Um, only he won rookie of the year. He almost led the Grizzlies to a playoff spot. If it was a regular season, I think he probably would have gotten it yeah. and gotten swept. Well, there wouldn't have been a healthy Nurkic. There wouldn't yeah. have been Yeah, all but these that's, that's beyond the point. Account. Yeah. So the fact that uh, he played fantastic. Uh, nobody thought that John Morant was going to perform how he did. Obviously, he's just the second pick in the draft, so people wanted him to perform like that. But no, you couldn't have bet on that. You know, no, you'd no. make a bunch of money. The performance in the in the playing game against the Blazers, 35 points, was just great. And I'm so sad that they lost that because I really wanted to see him in the playoffs. I mean, the Suns. Uh, okay, you're up. Best Suns offensive player, who you got? Best offensive player, I got Hero. Right after he stays overrated. That's interesting, right? Uh, uh, interesting. I said he's a little overrated, like people are saying he's the best player no, in the draft. No, no, you're fine, I'm sorry. Um, no, Hero is probably the most dynamic scorer in this draft, and probably the most dynamic young scorer other than Trey Young. Um, in the league. In the league. In the league. Young scorer. Yeah. Young scorer. Young scorer meaning, like, second or third, first, second, or third year player. Um, and especially with his... Uh, when he really had to carry the load. Um, He's able to facilitate. Yeah, when guys like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were struggling, especially in the Celtics series, he just put on a show. 37 points in that Game 4 victory to put the heat up 3-1. We don't really like to talk about that series over here. Okay, best defensive player. I got Jared Culver. You have... Thibel. Um, Again, uh, bet... Top two perimeter defenders out of this draft. Um, doesn't matter how you order them, but they are the top two best perimeter defenders in this draft. Um, so yeah, do you want to elaborate on Matisse Thybul? Because my well, I mean, uh, Thybul's probably one of the better um, uh, defend uh, guard defenders in the league because we don't have too many of those. You got like Marcus Smart, uh, Eric Bledsoe, Patrick Beverly, um, but other than them, I mean, he's a very young defender and he's only going to get better. Uh, he's going to develop into a 3 and D guy, and I think the Sixers will really uh, love what he does for them, and I think they already do, obviously. Cool. I don't really have anything he to say He also about will be used in uh, yeah. trade packages if they decide to go after someone like James Harden. Yeah, and for Culver, um, uh, he's on the Timberwolves right now, and, you know, uh, D'Lo and Edwards both aren't the greatest uh, defenders. defenders, and Culver put in next to one of them is going to do great, so, yeah. We're just that went right, you can go with yours. Do you have one? Uh, no, you're running this. Uh, this is the weirdest pick that went right in the draft, and Ryan will run this segment. Yeah, so I think we both agree Kobe right? Kobe White. Sure. Yeah, so uh, Kobe White, uh, a little interesting. We watched the draft together. Yeah. And uh, I think Kobe White went a little higher than a lot of people thought. They A lot of people thought he was going to be after drafted after the lottery, um, just because no one knew how good of a shooter he could become. Obviously, he became that. Uh, and it was also a weird pick um, pairing him next to Zach Levine, uh, who had just uh, had a very good season. So it was a weird pick, but it obviously went right. It and, worked out. Yeah, and I and think they're going to be a good. He, he's part of the he's part of the thing that's like, you stink because Jim Boylan's your coach. Yeah. You're on the Bulls. Jim Boylan's your coach. I'm so glad they fired him, and Kenny Atkinson will be you know coming in. I'm pretty sure. No, it's no, Billy Donovan. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. He, he's a good coach as well. Uh, yeah. Definitely Billy overachieved. A great coach. 
I would say Billy Donovan could have been a six, uh, coach of the year. Uh, Obviously, it was if him there and, was no him one and Nick named Nick Nurse yeah. that uh, <laughs> pretends to be a pair and tries to catch the ball. <laughs> Weirdest pick that went likes uh, massages from Drake. Uh, Weirdest pick that went wrong. I'm gonna go Cam Johnson. Nobody thought Cam Johnson was gonna get picked by the Suns with the 11th pick in the draft. Not that early. He got he got picked so high and he didn't perform at all this yeah. season. Uh, that was an awful pick. It was like three North Carolina yeah. players in the lottery. The Suns thought that uh, they were going to get this crazy player with the 11th pick, and they were trying to pull a whole Boston Celtics on us, like, let's develop him. Um, like, when they took Brown over uh, uh, Dunn, uh, everybody thought that was crazy at the time, but now it's obviously the worked out. Pick, yeah. And this is what Where they try to do. Chris, Chris, Chris Dunn? Chris Dunn. Chris oh, yeah, Chris Dunn. Dunn. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, they tried to do that, and it just didn't work out. Cam Johnson's not as good as Jalen Brown, obviously. Well, could be. Jalen Brown played yeah. bad in his first He's Jalen Brown type year. of player. You never know. So you're up with the with uh this is the last segment in the the podcast. weirdest pick that went wrong, yeah. and I'm going with Romeo Linkford. Okay. Uh, I'm really low on Romeo Linkford, if you guys can't tell. <laughs> we might change the podcast name to the Romeo Linkford Hate Club. <laughs> it was a weird pick. I mean, with guys like Doya, uh, shoot, I'm Psycho Dumbia. Yeah, Psycho Dumbia. He was available. I was screaming at the TV for them to draft Bull Bull. Yeah, Ryan was pretty high on Bull Bull in his basement. He's definitely better than uh, Romeo Lankford. Um, but guys still like Brandon Clark available, Fiebel. I mean, there were some good players still on the board, and I just thought it was a bad pick. Um, and we'll see what happens. He's not gonna. He's not gonna ever be as good as he was at Indiana because he's never gonna be that same high volume scorer. He's never gonna get the same touches on the Celtics. Uh, yeah, and that will wrap up the pick and pop draft, uh, redraft of the top 30, and the uh, pick and pop 2019 draft superlatives. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, if you do enjoy, this is our first podcast, so please um, keep listening. You know, follow us. Uh, yeah, we'll on probably everything. start uh, doing. Uh... Um, Instagram is coming out soon. Uh, YouTube, uh, we'll see. But uh, yeah. Um, have a great day, and uh, stay tuned for other podcasts. Yeah, and we'll probably start uh, doing more daily updates, obviously, as the NFL season is going on, and the NBA offseason is starting December 1st, and there'll be new news to be yep. talked about. So, uh, we'll see you next time. And thank you for listening to the Pick and Pop Podcast. Wow!